Colonel Sanders as a Time Lord and all yes. the different actors playing in him in commercials, including Reba McIntyre, <laughs> Norm MacDonald, Jim Gaffigan, George Hamilton. I forgot Reba did Colonel Sanders. Reba did. There was yes, John, yes, John I remember Goodman, that one. Yeah. of course. So favorite. there's like 13 of them, right? So that's, <laughs> about, that's about right for a Time Lord. Right. So it's just the regeneration. So what's your favorite colonel? Is it like the 11th colonel? Right. The 4th colonel? And so, uh, yeah, I'm... <laughs> And what's funny to me is that, like, um, speaking of the Time Lord stuff, I loved that on Cody Creekmore's, Christopher Cody okay. Creekmore's wedding day, sitting there with the groomsmen, That's he, right. was miffed, had- he was miffed at my comments about how the story is not that great. <laughs> and he decided to go on a long journey of explaining to me just how amazing and epic the story is. Uh-huh. He's like, Colin, if you've never seen the movie from the late 80s, you have to. It leads right in the 2005 show. Okay. And if you haven't seen that. The eighth, the eighth Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I just started watching whatever the newer one was on like Netflix or something. And he's like, oh, Colin, Colin, you don't know nothing about the, dark, or the Doctor or anything. So you don't even know what the sonic screwdriver is or how he got it or what his power is. And I'm like, I don't care to know. <laughs> and then you kept leaning in and going, well, it's a jumbly wumbly. <laughs> Timey-wimey. There you go. <laughs> you don't have to explain it. It's jumbly-wumbly, timey-wimey. Yeah, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Yes, the, the rules of space-time are conveniently complicated so that the oh, writers absolutely. can keep consistency over a hundred years of the show. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. fact that the, the fact that the early shows don't have continuity with the new shows uh, is the is simply the power of the Doctor. Yeah. And that's why it's like that. Right. Now yeah. you see. One of the, one of the most confusing parts. One of the confusing parts I thought was like kind of funny was like a weird way to get out of the one season with the Rose Girl is he makes like a clone of himself that will just like stay on Earth forever and love her. It it was it was it was a second dimension. It was a parallel dimension. Okay, that's nothing though compared to um, some of the other stuff that's happened. Well, that's nothing compared to Hero season two. When oh the writer strike happened, no, that that was a pure they had, mess. That they was had a, a, that, that was a that that was a storytelling bloodbath. They had a they had a girl that was on the show before the writer strike happened, and they didn't know what to do with her character, so they left her in an alternate dimension and never spoke of her again. So <laughs> it would be like um, leaving uh, on Back to the Future, leaving Jennifer in the alternate Biff 1985. And just never coming and back. And just never coming back. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Elizabeth Shue, we're no. Mo- we're moving on. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Okay. Well, on that note, let's start. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. We're here to talk about music, media, and that mission of Jesus. And bass. Ooh. <laughs> Got that bass uh, going. Uh, actually, I guess it's sort of an, a theme because Bob yeah. was a, on bass two episodes ago. That's true. He was he was <laughs> bass voice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. if I'll do that again. His, his we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll his see. Premiere. I'm not sure about that. We'll, 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 uh, we'll get you figured out. Could that be like a meme, like bass Bob? Yeah. Like, oh, Bob is so bass. Yeah. He's a, he's a bass. <laughs> What's that thing from, uh, oh man, from Spaceballs? Nobody knows. And he's like, oh, she's a bass. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, so today we're uh, mm-hmm. continuing, we're picking up from where we left off, and in fact, we're going to take a little bit of a, not really a detour, if, if you really want to stick with us to the end of it, you'll realize it's not really a detour, but we are starting with a non-spiritual being, technically, 
Yes. Oh. We've interesting uh, way of phrasing that. Technically, it starts that way. We've an- covered about every category, every large category, I would say. Sure. Of spiritual being. And then we did a specific like one-off on Satan, which makes sense because yeah. Satan he, himself he, is he, he's, nature and aspect is very peculiar. Yes, and within within our Christian faith, you know, he's he's qu- quite a singular, unique individual that rightfully mm-hmm. deserves. Uh, a lot more attention when it comes to discussing those attributes. And and though it would be extremely presumptuous of us to try and ascertain the answer to a two more than 2000 year old question, mm-hmm. what is Jesus and his nature? Uh, we might do that on somewhere down the road, but I don't think that's, this is the time. Oh, we the, could the, do the, like the, a the, Trinity series or something. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the Trinity is a really weird thing. Uh, well, like think a, about a, all a, the councils that couldn't decide what Jesus was, you know, oh, yeah. for us to come in. And, that would be pretty crazy to trace all the yeah, way through. Yeah, yeah. 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 Explain God and use four examples. But before we get into <laughs> any more detail about what specifically we're going to be talking about, let's do some worship. Um, absolutely. Good. Um, this, I, I would say this is a worshipful song in that we are, we're praising to God about God, but this is going to be more pertinent to the subject matter of tonight. And, um, a lot of times when I feel like we don't really have like a good song, I'll like try and throw something together. And this is just one of those happy coincidences where I just happen to come up with something fun. Um, I don't, wouldn't say this is completely hundred percent done, but I would say that for the time being, it's a, it's, it's, it's complete in how it is, but I may come back to it later. Um, but, um, long story short, it is just called, um, body, soul, and spirit. Here we go. Body, soul, and spirit, body, soul, and spirit, body, soul, and spirit, body, soul. the 
so much for this opportunity, this opportunity to, uh, to preach, uh, to speak your word, um, to share with others, to explore uh, what you have to say on these matters, to explore more of who we are and how you've made us. We're so grateful for, for everything, for the way you've blessed us and how you continue to take care of us. Even during, during these difficult times, we ask that you would uh, watch over us, lead us, guide us, protect us, help us to be your people, unafraid and emboldened with your word and your will. We praise you for everything you've done for us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Bob. All right, guys. Um, thank you for... Uh, Letting us worship. Um, thank you for sticking with us through this series. Um, so, Zach, this was kind of your baby. I did some <laughs> of the uh, cool um, uh, uh, scripture re- uh, research, but I really do feel like you have the kind of the reins on this one. So, what are exactly are we talking about today? What exact Z A K are we talking uh, about today? See what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, let's recap. We talked about. Um, the divine council sons of God slash host God, the host basically kind of a blanket term for spiritual beings that are under God. Um, Maybe the first like string strong the ones. first string. Yeah. Possibly if you, if you can imagine a hierarchy, um, you did mention that in the scriptures, it says yeah. a few different times that he helped. They actually help with creation. They do. They're there. Sing out. They sing out. Uh, mentions that in Job. We talked about the angels, uh, which is really kind of a word for messenger or a spiritual being really with a special designated purpose. Mm-hmm. That's right. We talked about the Nephilim. The Nephilim. Mm-hmm. Which comes right after the story of the sons of God in Genesis. How six. they were kind of um, spiritual, physical amalgamations. And also potentially um, a genetic uh, hand-me-down of yeah, giantism right. into the future, <laughs> yeah. potentially. Yeah. Um, Andre the Giant, obviously. I mean, <laughs> the great Kali, let's not get ahead of ourselves, right. but of Andre course. the Giant could have just of been course. from yeah. uh, the Viking heritage or something. Um, 
Yeah. (laughs) And then we talked. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget about demons and Satan. Our last two episodes, mm-hmm. we had um, yeah. we had a lot of fun. Uh, speci- I think I had a lot of fun specifically, kind of like going through the scriptures um, and focusing on a specific yeah, being. Yeah. But then it ended up being that they're all very much in relationship with each mm-hmm. other. Yeah, yeah. very think, much interconnected. And I think yeah. part of that comes down to the fact that, like you said, Zach, there is a. Uh, a uh, shared essence, as you will, or a shared origin, at least. Yeah. Coming I mean, directly from God and having that kind of um, yeah. spiritual essence. It's possible that demons and angels are kind of the same species, perhaps. Maybe sure, they're all perhaps. kind of just uh, what the Bible yeah. calls sons of God or host. Yep. Um, and in, yeah. and we talked about how Revelations, you know, that, that great battle at the end with Michael. Yeah. Right. Uh, we talked about Michael and his angelic Michael, forces. Michael fighting in Daniel and, against yeah. the prince quotations of Persia. Yes, yes. The princes. Yeah. That's another yep. word that the Bible kind of uses. Yes, so, but, but in revelations yeah. where Satan has his angels is what it that's used, right. which yeah. was, which and was the dragon has his, well, Satan was dra- the dragon. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but oh, I'm sorry. I, I misheard you. Michael had a his, force and Satan had a force, force but they, yeah. but, but the word user was angels, which I found to be kind of unique. Interesting. Yeah. When they talk about Satan and his followers, it's always the word angels. It seems like it doesn't say Satan his and demons. his demons. It says Satan and his mm. angels a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. Th- th- thus once again, giving giving cre- credence to the similar origins or the fairly similar job description. I like yeah. the word credence better than credence. Cause credence, it, do you listen to credence? Clearwater <laughs> <laughs> revival. <laughs> <laughs> Let's use all soft. Ease tonight, right? Um, okay. so yeah, so there's a couple important things that we learned about this. <laughs> what we're talking about today is the um, last type of somewhat spiritual being, mm-hmm. or maybe physical and spiritual being, right? Which would be uh, humans. And there's kind of a weird yeah. thing, too, because if you really want to get nitty gritty about how we interpret the scripture, technically, we have to admit that there is a spiritual nature to Adam and Eve. Yep. Oh, because yeah, they are directly from God. Yeah. But their procreation and right. henceforth yeah. leads leads to another more fleshly body. Yeah. Uh, and body is really a big thing we're going to discuss. If you, the body is super important to what we're talking about today. Um, I want us to kind of keep in mind a couple things that you um, can kind of draw as conclusions from everything we talked about before. So first, we need to establish that the spiritual world and the physical world are separate. Yes. So that's there's true. there is heaven and there is earth. Yes. And um, you see that by um, Genesis 6, where the sons of God come from heaven down to earth. I mean, also in the yeah. very beginning of Genesis yeah. 2, where, I mean, where God literally says he created, created the, the heavens, heavens and the and earth. The earth. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I will get into this. There are ways to get in between, right. like from one to the other. But at least as far as right now is concerned, there's a separate earth world and there's a separate heaven um, where God and where the spiritual beings come from. That's right. And uh, even Jesus left heaven to come to earth. If you read um, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Um, I got that up. I can almost do it from memory, but I think it's God, uh, Jesus, through though being, um, and it just depends on like what translation you're looking at, but it's sure. like, though being uh, in likeness, God, now, being in the form of God, I'm reading it now. 
<laughs> did not regard equality with God as something to be uh, exploited, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave or uh, maybe servant, you could say. Being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself, became obedient uh, to the point of death, even death on a cross. Humbled himself and carried yeah, the exactly. cross. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, um, so you see that Jesus had to make a movement from heaven to earth. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the scriptures you list down further down from yeah. the gospel is when he says, touch me. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? He says, touch me and fill me. I'm not a spirit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You're talking about the post-resurrection with, especially with Thomas after the resurrection. Jesus. He says, touch me, fill me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a spirit. Yeah. I'm not which, a ghost. Which again, I would argue in a different episode that we did before that gives good credence. To the idea that Jesus even acknowledges that ghosts made exist. <laughs> spirit. <laughs> I'm not a spirit. I am a, I'm a man. There's, there's wait a minute. You just said you're not a spirit. Does that mean that there are spirits floating around out there? Yes. There's more of gravy than of grave about you. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, I think you're right. Zach. I Mm -hmm. think there is a a big distinction, but I also think that the spiritual world, uh, pushes up against the physical world. And we often forget that to yeah. an extent that we believe right. everything is physical and there's no yep. spiritual at all. And we have talked about that in past episodes as well. Absolutely. Yeah. The ultimate goal then is to unite heaven and earth. That's right. Well, according to yeah. what the scriptures, uh, uh, for, uh the, um, yeah. Uh, what is, uh, not commandment. What's the word? Uh, covenant. According yeah. to the covenant God makes with his people that one day, everything will be renewed yeah. uh, that we will solve the problem of sin and death. Yeah. If you follow along the entire story of scripture, it starts with the garden of Eden, absolutely, which is where heaven and earth are united because Adam walks with God. That's right. Um, and it goes all the way to the end where there will be a revelation, new Eden, new Eden because heaven the and earth will be remade. Are we reunited? Yes. Yeah. There's right. a, the, 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 the new city, the new, new Jerusalem yeah. coming out of heaven to earth um, and in the city is, is the tree. Well, you know me, what I'm talking about when I say the two trees? Uh, I know what he's talking about, but yeah, go ahead, Zach, explain. There's a Rob yeah. Bell video. I know Rob Bell is... Oh, there's a scripture about two trees, but go ahead. Yeah, that's a that's a thing that Rob Bell ha- used to have these videos called Numa. Yeah, and, uh, uh, this, is, right. this is before yeah. Rob Bell created a lot of controversy with his own personal Yeah, this beliefs. was back when Rob Bell was more in vogue, but uh, <laughs> he, he had a... Uh, he had one in that series that was called uh, the two trees. And so he reflected on how there was the tree back in Eden. And then there's the tree that's going to be in the new, um, in the new Jerusalem. And he says, we just live between the two trees. Yeah. Which is, which is a neat, uh, definitely poetic way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, And so, which, yeah, I have no problem with that video in and of itself. Like, I think it's a really cool way to illustrate what's happening because we, we exist within uh, the point that the kingdom has come, that Jesus has brought um, salvation to us, but we still are, await kind of the final um, stage of that. And so that's kind of, oh, yeah. that has a lot to do with what we're talking about today is what are humans? What are we now? And then what do we become if we believe in Jesus and if we uh, get restored? So that's go. what we're talking about. So, um, 
I think it's interesting because Bob perked up when I said, oh, not really all that spiritual. My thing mm-hmm. that I was conveying is that though yeah. we though we do have a spirit within us, mm-hmm. um, we define our existence compared to the rest of these beings as having a physical body. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Um, and, and, and that sense may, makes absolute sense. And oh, we, yeah, we, yeah. We're kind of on the other side of that veil, if right. you will, between heaven and earth. And yeah. also, um, unlike... Um, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I think that there, something we should talk about in this episode, which has been sort of debated is the idea of breathing life into flesh as opposed to the way other essences are. Because, um, when we read the Genesis story, um, there is debate on how the dust of the ground breathe with life breathed into it. Yeah. From, from God, how life, uh, how God breathed into right. it. Okay. But, I'm with you. But what I'm saying is when you create, when God creates something, he doesn't necessarily need the dust of the ground because you already have angels that are existing before that. Yeah. Right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And he never needed to scoop up the dust of the ground and make an angel. And so the, the, the very distinction of the human condition versus an angel would be this fleshly body we're tied to the soil yeah in in yeah. a lot of ways we are tied to the place that we are at and we will hear from paul about why mm-hmm. that is that we have an earthly body but later we will have a heavenly body potentially but i just think i just want to make that distinction clear that the dirt's important everybody yeah. said like people yeah. are like well you know it's just no, flesh. No, 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 no. That, and that's, that's a really yeah. neat thought pro, uh, thought, yeah. thought experiment in a lot of ways. Uh, that God was very intentional about very, very intentional about about creating us with dirt. And then He says that we're made in His image. Mm-hmm. And then later, when He makes Eve, He only makes Eve using what He already made from from Adam. Yeah. So He sticks to the plan of that. He doesn't like mm-hmm. say, "Well." Yeah. I'll just take a I'll tree. I'll just take this other clump of dirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> right, we're the, so he, we're the same stuff, basically. Yeah, we're all yeah. made of the same thing. Well, anyway. yeah, and I think that's really interesting, and that's a good point to remember kind of theologically because a lot of people want to make Christianity all spiritual and no physical, and so you end up with kind of the belief that nothing we do on this earth really matters. It's just all about making sure you get that, get on a hell free card. Right. Yeah. So that you Bob can escape, that, that you can escape this world. Yep. It's all going to burn anyway. And, yep. Yep. and so you so, can fly off to heaven right before it does. When we all get to heaven, <laughs> yeah. and nothing else really matters here. Yeah. So, so Zach, your original point yeah. rings true now, which is that, um, you know, the, the goal isn't to just have a heaven, heaven, the yeah. goal is to have heaven and heaven earth and unite. Earth united. Like yeah. a, like that's a, where we're moving. I don't want I don't want to say yeah. it's a 50-50 split, but I want to say that like earth is uh, a very very important part of that yes. process. Yes. Yeah. We, we we are the, the physical earth. The, the, the physical world we are in is very important to God and he and his goal is to make that unity happen. What heaven, does Melissa say? Heaven meets earth like a sloppy, unforeseen, sloppy or passionate Un- heaven meets earth like a 20 minute French kiss. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's what we I want to change other it way. To. Would that be better? <laughs> so, uh, one thing Melissa said too, which I'm feeling like mm-hmm. range true right now, uh, and I may like edit this into the episode if I think of it, um, is she said uh, her prayer would be to let the physical medicine mix with the spiritual power. 
know, yeah. bring healing. Do you remember when she yeah. mentioned that? Yeah. And I always thought that was interesting. That's like, a beautiful quote. There's a dual yeah. nature there. Well, that's crazy, you know, yeah. because there's yeah. a dual a dual nature to our healing where the physical like medicine or whatever that we take can heal us, but we also need that spiritual component right. of Jesus healing. Side note, we need to find a way to bring Melissa Cozart back on here. Well, I, we, awesome. we, I just saw her yesterday. Yeah. 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 She's doing great. Yep, yeah. <laughs> with I, with a mask I, on and at church. Harvey uh went either depending on who you ask Harvey either went fishing or went on a spiritual retreat Melissa I said I Melissa said, said it to me in a weird way too I said why can't it be both I, she, I passed by her and I said hey where, where's Harvey at and she goes well it is a retreat it's a mission treat retreat but he might also be fishing while he's there and I said Sometimes you just need to take a break. There's it's nothing. Okay. There's Spend some time in God's creation. He's, he's hanging out with uh, with his brother, who's also a pastor and a very cool guy. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. So um, you want to jump right into scripture, Zach? Let's do it. Let's start for the foundation here. Um, I have this one up, so I will I will read Genesis 1, starting in verse 26. Okay? You got it. So then God said, so this is right after he builds, um, uh, you know, he, he takes each day and 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 creates these different things. And then he says, then God said, let us make man in our image. This is interesting because in the ESV, it says our image, which I find Mm -hmm. very, very interesting. Our image. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I noticed that too. I was like, that's weird. Mm -hmm. But it's not, ESV is not the only one who says that. No, no. And which is what the original Hebrew. Yes. Which is why most people tend to believe that the Trinity was, was the, was how was God's form from the beginning. That's right. And so let us make, Man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the, you know, we already heard this, over the fish and the birds. And and God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree that seed that with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. This is the song I wrote, basically. And to every beast of the earth. And OK, we already know uh, everything that has been given the breath of life. I have given every food, every plant, green plant for food. Mm-hmm. And it was so. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So what do we know? Just from that passage, we know what God what God wanted us to look like. We know what God wanted us to do. Yeah. We know what God gave us dominion over. And we know uh, kind of the the first little, like, basic mission, which is just to eat, multiply, Control the birds and beasts and fish. Control those birds. There you go. All yeah. right. So, uh, who wants and, the next one? And everything he made was very good. That's a that's an important thing too. I agree. I think that you know we get we get the idea that um, sin has messed up the world, and that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the effects of sin are everywhere. Right. They're um, they're in us before Jesus takes it away. Um, they're kind of flying in the face of like everything we try to do. It kind of screws up the world, but at its base, the vanilla version right. is good. Of the mm-hmm. mods that we added screwed it up completely and broke the game. 
but the, the vanilla version of the game yeah. is, is really good. Oh Minecraft. My <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so does, uh, All d- the does somebody else want to read uh, so we can split it up? I don't mean bit? to imply that the world is a simulation, but we'll talk about that later. That's a good uh, <laughs> series to show up next time. <laughs> Who wants Genesis two, seven and eight? I got that one. Okay. So then the Lord, uh, then the Lord God formed the man out of, uh, Sorry, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. So this is a scripture we're probably going to need to go back to, this little one. And it's because of the three or two elements based in these two scriptures, based on how you read and interpret it. Because for whatever reason, the separation of breath and soul yeah. has become quite a debatable co- a topic. Yeah, but huh. it's but it's, it's okay. but it's it depends. A, it depends on what you mean by breath and soul, because it does not say that he gave Adam a soul. It doesn't say that. Right. It's, it doesn't say that. It at this point we're looking at a person who was a clump of dust and God breathed life into him. Right. And the next it's just simple. <laughs> and the next part yeah. that we read is going to basically show that Adam actually does have like reason and can do things. Yeah. So a lot of people are assuming at this point, he already has a soul and there is some explanation for that. But currently in those two scriptures, we see form from the dust. So that's like your flesh mm-hmm. bre- breath of life, which would be like your spirit, I suppose. And then people say that the word for living creature, okay, that's in verse uh, the end of verse seven, right before verse eight, is a Hebrew word for soul. That's interesting. I uh, I did not know about this. So, so one of the things that's weird is that you couldn't say in our grammar, um, in my living creature, I feel really weird right now. Yeah. <laughs> or like my yeah. living creature is feeling strange, yeah. but, but that's the point is that yeah. there is some contention over the, uh, the mm-hmm. interpretation. And I think that goes back to like the Hebrew understanding versus kind of our understanding. Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. we have the, an understanding of the soul. That's not necessarily from like the way the Bible thinks of it. Yeah. And I think that maybe what this is kind of getting at is that, um, you can't say you have a soul like you. The soul is you. <laughs> you know? So that's yeah. that's so, that's going to so, be an interesting so, thing to think about. So it might be more grammatically correct to say that you are a soul and you have a body with God. But you also are it. a body, too, because that's your body right. is very tied to who you mm-hmm. are. Yes, you yeah. are um, human in three persons. <laughs> no, I'm Maybe I'm trolling you. <laughs> um, OK, yeah. So um, the last scripture we'll read in, in this Gets a little wordy, so feel free to skip if, if you want to take it, Zach. Um, but the important stuff is down there at okay. the bottom, I yeah. guess. Sure, I'll take uh, Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the, that day that you eat it, you shall surely die. Die. <laughs> Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit uh, for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them 
to the man to see what he would call them, whatever Adam uh, called every living creature. That was his name. The man gave names to all livestock and to birds of the heavens, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. That's interesting. And like the rib, clay. <laughs> yeah. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, that is that this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Imagine saying that to your wife. Um, <laughs> you were taken out of me, woman. Woman. <laughs> Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Okay, okay so, so, so what so, else so, have so, we learned now? Well, um, here all this time I thought they were called woman because Adam woke up and there is... there there is Whoa, this, man. The, exactly. He looks at her and says, whoa, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. So, no, but... Um, uh, uh, just, just as a quick side note, I always found this verse to be interesting because, because of tradition, the way tradition often happens. Yes, with I know marriage. what you're going to say. Okay, yeah. the, for this reason, the man leaves his father and mother, uh-huh. and the woman, and the man and woman become one flesh. It's the man who's leaving his family, yes. and not the other way around, which we, is which is very different from the last two thousand plus years of family relationships. Yeah, isn't that interesting that the the father gives the the daughter away in marriage yes. to be with the man. Yes. That is how and, humans ended up doing it, even though that's yeah. not what scriptures. Yes, and and, <laughs> and and I mean, even in ancient times, the reason why, yeah. uh, you know, when you went to go get your bride, you first had to prepare a place for her at your father's yeah. house. And when your father says, yes, you've done the right amount of work, you are now ready for her. Only then did you go and get her and her bridesmaids, yeah. which is once again, part of Jesus' analogies in my father's house and the virgins with the, 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 the bridesmaids with the oil, you know, standing watch, waiting for the groom, because you never knew when the father was going to say, yes, this is good enough. But he, instead, he's constantly saying, no, it's not good enough. You need to correct this. You need to make this better. So, so but, 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 but those, I think those are slightly side notes to the main topic at hand. Those are things that I just find interesting, though. I find it interesting, too. Um, one of the things I will say about marriage in general is that it seems to be always kind of like a weird, like, vaguety in the scripture to me. <laughs> like, I'll read a scripture and it's like, well, you probably shouldn't be married. Oh, Paul. But, 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 well, that, that, that's what Paul was saying. Yes. Right, right. Yes. And so then there's like, you know, Matthew and talks about like uh, the and, roles. Yes. And, and, and Paul made it clear. This is not of God. This is my own personal opinion. You yeah. probably shouldn't get married. And now, remember, this is not of God. This is my own opinion. Don't get married. Right. And, and so it he, is a side subject, but, yeah. but essentially and, and, it's and interesting. And he does reiterate that multiple times. It's, but yes. it's interesting that in Genesis, instead of just talking about like w- what she was or anything, yes. it immediately talks about the marriage. So as soon as a, a man and a woman exist, yes. they and, should be And are found fit together. to be together. Right. Yes. And so that's yeah. that's that's cool because then later it is referenced a lot in other scripture. Yeah. Um, and I just, I mean, oh, yeah. that's, that's cool. But w- the one thing we need to focus on today, because we are talking about what human beings are. Yes. I think it's interesting to note that God, well, in Genesis one, it kind of gives you a, 
like kind of a general what happens. But then in Genesis 2, he goes into more detail about how he made a man. Yeah. And then goes down and talks about the first little tasks he gives the man. Like he says, hey, go around and uh, name these animals because, you know, I made all this stuff to be your buddy. And then after a time, God is like, wait a minute, this is all wrong. He, th- these aren't his like friend. Like he, none of these are on par with him. So I need to make another him to be his like companion. Yes. Um, and yep. so and, and so immediately the way creation ha- seems to happen in this is that mm-hmm. he, he starts with the dust, yep. pulls it up out of the ground, he breathes in it and makes a man. Yes. Then he says, well, now this man can do all this cool stuff with the creation that I've made. But immediately he says like, wait a minute though, for him to do it alone is lame. <laughs> Yeah, that's my biggest argument for relationships right there is that God immediately <laughs> saw that it, it needed to yeah. he needed to have somebody with him. Oh, yeah. So the, um, the the idea of marriage is tied back to creation itself and it's that's tied right. back to um, the physicality that we are given. That's right. And so it was, um, you know, not to go to um uh-oh. Off into left field here, yeah. but it is the way that we were created. It was intended yeah, that's for right. a certain purpose. Well, well, let me ask you this. Would you guys, as we are all married men sitting here, would you say that you have become better over the years because of your bride? I think I think that yeah. unequivocally the answer is yes. But yeah, I would have to say yes as well. Yeah. But turning us... Turning <laughs> so so, so <laughs> the, the point of that is that, is that in many ways... Because we are better, because we are closer to what God wants us to be, we can uh, having that helper with us, having that bride, that that companion right. who come alongside of us, not in front of us, not behind that us. That Proverbs thirty-one us. woman, you know. Well, <laughs> <I've got> a, <laughs> very That's different. Silly, but anyway, so the, the the point there being is that is that we have is that they have helped push us as men of God closer to the likeness of God. Sure. Yeah. And so, and thus helping to reiterate God's creation and God's plan in that way. So we have got off on a sidetrack. I want to get us back on topic, but I will, but I will finish it by saying this. Part of the creation story is that we are relational beings. Yep. Absolutely. So I think at the very least you can say that. So, so God intended marriage or not. Absolutely. So his first thought was, I need to make this guy a companion and the animals didn't do it. So, which I would argue that. Dogs are pretty awesome, and cats are okay. I'm not a huge cat fan, but they make decent companions. But even then, you're like, no, man, he needs to have, like, a relationship. And so one of the ways he we are in the image of God is that God is a, a relationship being and that he wants a relationship with us. Absolutely. And so, and so um, that's the first kind of parallel. But I think it's very interesting that it was such a – the evolution of how he made us was dust, breath, uh Work the field, name the animals, be friends with the animals. No, be friends with another of you, be married. <laughs> that it's like, now be fruitful and multiply. Yep. Um, this is the goal of you. So we at least know now what humans were created for. Um, and what happens shortly after that with the the, the first, the, the fall and sin, we may get onto a different episode, but we're talking about the aspect and the nature, the essence of man uh, or human, mm-hmm. humankind. Uh, not, you know, when I say man, I'm using the uh, uh, Neil Armstrong <laughs> mankind in that. So uh, one thing I want to touch on before we move into like other scripture, I looked this up pretty recently and it's kind of an interesting idea because I, at, over the course of reading some of the scripture, 
I found myself kind of doubting my original assumption. So, okay. Um, there are two schools of thought. Most people believe in tripartite, uh, which means there is a soul, a spirit, and a body. Three things. Okay. Mm. Now, there are some theologians throughout history who believed in bipartite, which was the soul and the spirit are part of the same thing. And a big reason for that is because in the creation story, it does not mm-hmm. say the word soul anyway. But later in Hebrew and in Greek, there is a word for soul later. But in this, there is not. And so that's the first like indicator. But then the word for living creature is the word for soul, but they are so re- closely related to breath mm-hmm. that it like takes on its, it, it almost takes on like a relational yeah. type ca- uh, context. So the word for breath, like the breath of God into your body is uh, neshama, uh, breath or spirit, but then the word for soul slash living creature or being, which it says animals yeah. are this mm-hmm. word too, which is another crazy episode we need to have yeah, yeah. because this may have animals proved as spiritual beings. This may have proved my Ecclesiastes 318 argument about how animals, animals and have humans souls. have souls. Yeah. But um, the <laughs> word that Hebrew word is nefesh. Nefesh. And neshama and nefesh are very uh, similar in uh, 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 tone and uh, are are very much in a similar like root. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of people consider them to be relational. Now, yeah. the main argument you would make as a tripartite believer would be to say that when the dust was breathed on by God, a byproduct of those two things being in union was that a soul was created. Gotcha. Yeah. So the two things remained, but a soul was created as like a fusion. And that was, that was the argument of Martin Luther. That was the, and apparently your song too. Well, cause you say, um, body soul, you breathe into, uh, you took the dust from the ground. You breathed your breath breath into our into our nose. And as you did, a soul was made. We came alive and we arose. I, so, 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 so you know, so we know where you stand on the issue. I went, full, I, went, I went full circle on it because I kind yeah. of was the three, and then I doubted for a while and went to two, yeah. and then I okay. did a bunch of research and did a, like the, read the whole Bible, the entirety of these scriptures that deal with this, and then went back and said like, no, 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 no. there is a clear defined thing, so, okay. but I believe that it is a both. Uh, now this is just my opinion. I'm not an expert, but I believe that the person who wrote this had a few things going on. One, they were describing the creation story in a, in a very condensed way, obviously, because you have a story being told in one chapter yeah. that was God's creation. of the entire And you got to remember it was, it was the entire, universe. Um, the entire universe. It was orally passed down too, right? Like they would yeah. but memorize the, it and say it to each other before it was written down. But the other yeah thing I think is important to understand is like we said, we don't understand the idea of soul the same as the people who wrote this. And they may have a understood conceit about a soul being the byproduct of God's breath and the dust of the earth. But that is again, just kind of a theory because Mm -hmm. we don't really, 
I just don't think the Old Testament really presents a theology of the soul. So it doesn't do, like I said, the Greeks kind of have more words for it. And I think that we get more of the way we think from the Greeks than we do the Hebrews. Now, now, although what we're going to be getting into, you're going to hear more of that, more of that tripartite uh, uh, tripartite perspective. It is uh, the one that Martin Luther also held. It is important to recognize that other great theologians, such as John Calvin, was more the bipartite. And so, so you what, said great. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> so, well, whether I'm teasing. or not you agree with everything he says, there's no I'm doubt teasing. he was he, no, was, he was a good. forefather of our absolutely. Faith. Yeah, he was and, theologically he was very very yeah. sound. Yeah. Um. Anybody who anybody who spends their entire life trying to understand uh, God's word is fine by me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, if you I, really are just digging deep and trying to figure it out. I, I mean, is the more the more you study these two contemporaries of each other, John Calvin and Martin Luther, they did not get along at all. They had many right. debates, but there was one thing they but, share. And, and their and devotion to the word, the, like, devotion yeah. to the word and recognizing Jesus Christ as Lord of all. Right. That's right. And, and so it's yeah. important and it's important to recognize that although they may not agree, there is no doubt that they were both dedicated followers of Jesus regardless. So, yeah. and, so and, and, they, think, and they disagreed on this yeah. topic matter among many other things. Yeah. So we know this for a fact that one, the one thing that we have to know for sure, which is very easily proven today is that we are, are made of flesh. We are Absolutely. made of flesh. Non-Christians yeah. would agree we're made of flesh. Absolutely. Okay? So one of the aspects that the Bible describes, we can confirm, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So let's look at first Thessalonians five, starting in verse 23. I will, I will read this again. And, and these are going to be scriptures that include body, soul, and, and spirit, spirit. Okay. or the ideas yeah. of them. In- and I want to, I want to, um, I want to kind of add some food for thought too, to the, the yeah. soul idea. I don't know if it really like matters that much, whether the soul and spirit are separate things because the, um, because of the main goal of the scriptures is sure. not to separate it out into three or two different things. It's to unite heaven and earth. That is right. So when you see the very end of the scriptures, when you come to revelation, it doesn't really say there was a bunch of souls floating around. Right. It says, Oh, well there's all the believers. So it was persons that were there. That's right. You know? uh, well, I have so. a, I have a strong argument that I think is, it makes a lot of sense to me, but I understand it's not definitive, which is that if God in his, God in his wisdom created man in his exact image, we have to at least understand that if he himself is a Trinity who said we made him in our image, we have yeah. to assume that man is made up of more than one thing. And so whether or not that's a Trinity of things, and I only use that word uh, loosely <laughs> just to describe three things. Yeah. It's not a direct parallel, but sure. Sure. But yeah. An idea of a physical body represented by something like Jesus being the physical body on earth the breath of life representing something like the father's breath in heaven. And then the spirit within us represent mm-hmm. or soul representing the Holy the spirit. spirit. That would no, be somewhat of a parallel of the, of the Trinity. No, no, no. I, I've actually heard the tripartite yeah. being used I a, heard that too. as a metaphor for why the Trinity is not, it, it makes sense. Like, well, I mean, we have a body, a soul and a spirit, right? And, and, and we are made in God's yeah. image. Yes. But again, made, and so whether or not that, that is a hundred percent accurate, it's hard to say, but it really, it's a nice idea. It's a nice yeah. idea and a neat metaphor to help it help at least some understand that, that idea that, that, I, of the Trinity. I just Zach have a, rails against I have a hard, it. I have a hard time with uh, Trinity, yeah. Trinity metaphors. I think that they all 
fall short in some Zach, way or another. Sure. I think sure. that, can I talk? Music, I think that media, the, <laughs> the mission of Jesus, three, we are a Trinity. Okay. Go right. <laughs> no, I just, um, the, the Trinity is, um, a very mysterious thing and it's a mystery that can only be taken by yeah. faith. And, um, like just because we might have like a body spirit and arguably a soul, um, like, not all three of those things are a distinct person with its own like agency to like do things. So, um, yeah, only the Trinity is an aspect that can only be ascribed to God. It's not uh, three leaves of a clover. It's not, um, ice, water and vapor. Um, <laughs> all of those things, they all fall short in one way or another to describe the Trinity. It's, you, you can't, um, you can't parallel it to anything. Gotcha. Else. Zach has yeah. put his line in the sand and we understand <laughs> that's where I'm at. Okay. So I'll read this uh, from first Thessalonians five twenty three, which I believe um, kind of describes in a, in a condensed way, what we're discussing now, which is now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body mm-hmm. be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. And so mm-hmm. this is an acknowledgement that Jesus will acknowledge your spirit, soul, yeah. and body. Yeah. Um, so that's the first one. The second one from 1 Corinthians 2. I got that one. That's fine. And it goes into a lot about the spirit specifically. And the reason I didn't separate it into the breath slash spirit one is because it kind of describes the relationship difference between spirit and other things. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and read that and you'll you'll see what I mean. Gotcha. So uh, starting in verse nine, it says, as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him, end quote. These things God has revealed to us through the spirit, but the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within so also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of, the, of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's spirit, for they are foolishness to them. And they are unable to understand them because they are because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. For what for who has seen the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? End quote. So one of the things that but this, we must. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So one of the things that is important to understand is that. Uh, Paul is really discussing that our spirit within, like our our Holy Spirit, I guess you would say. Yeah, the Holy Spirit given to uh, us, bestowed the, upon the, us. The one that God yeah, gave yeah. us. So that's what I meant by our Holy Spirit, our individual ones. Um, they are telling us things, but the, but the world isn't. Mm-hmm. And we, our minds can't understand. And the world's spirit can't teach us anything, but God's spirit can. Yeah. Which is why we see so many people equate the breath of life to the spirit. But this is where the lines blur. I think because if a soul is your existence, then the spirit must be the Holy spirit. 
But in the creation story, the breath is all that he needs to become alive and reasonable and work the field. So that is my argument that that creation story doesn't tell us every specific thing that was imparted into right, yeah, Adam. Yeah. It's it, very, like you said, condensed. It's very condensed, yeah. but um, already right here in, in, in Paul's writings. And I, I'm mm-hmm. a very, I, I believe very wholeheartedly that Paul had his like finger on the pulse of, of God's word. Like he, he was able yeah. to really take it in and then impart a, a, a word of, you know, a testimony sure. to these specific people to what they needed to hear. Absolutely. And I think in this case, that's, that's one of those, which is that um, you have to rely on that spirit to give you discernment through like God's spirit. Yeah. Um, so I guess the point I'm making there is that even here, he talks about that so much. So we really can't deny that there isn't something more besides just breath and flesh. Right. All right. Yeah. And Zach, do you want to get that Job one? That one's another. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Job 34, I think you actually referenced this at the beginning of the episode too. Uh, if he should set his heart to it and gather himself, his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would return to dust. So let me get the context of this pulled up. So what's really interesting is that he uses the word spirit and breath. Yeah. So that's why it muddies things up a little bit because spirit, breath, soul, they are interchangeably used and they were also given different connotation yeah. based on what they're talking about because he says, gather to himself, his spirit and his breath and all flesh. So if God were to take both, if the context of that is correct, we're assuming that the spirit means his soul and the breath means his body's breath to live. Then the rest, the flesh would turn to the ground. Well, and again, also, um, when you're in Job 34, yeah, it says, then Elihu said. So the person saying this is actually not God speaking to Job. It's actually one of Job's friends. Yeah, that's true. So, that's, so. it's possible that El- the character Elihu or Elihu is he might be confused to some degree. That's sure. true. Because but- he makes he makes some arguments to Job that aren't quite. Sure. That is true. But, however, yeah. it also does give us an insight into what was likely an idea. And this is probably with, with, how with they a cultural thought of it. Yeah. That's how they, that, that's yeah. what I was getting to exactly. is how they, how they actually, yeah, split, like their, their understanding in connotation of the soul or the spirit, I guess in the Hebrew, they must've used the word for spirit that we saw, we saw up there for breath, the same, the same word. Um, what is it called? Where's that word? Nefesh. Nefesh. So, or they might have used neshama, depending on what you think uh, he means by that. Um, so it's it, that is why there is such yeah. a weird debate over this stuff, guys. Because it's it's, but I gotta say, in my personal opinion, because we've established that this series is not about uh, being definitive. Sure. I think, in my personal opinion, after doing an intensive amount of study, I believe that all of God's people acknowledge that there are three things that make up a person. Whether or not they distinguish between soul and spirit, breath and spirit, yeah. or flesh and dirt, or whatever, I think that they often come to an understanding that there is a essence that makes us us that doesn't have to do with the flesh and doesn't have to do with the breath of life that sustains the flesh. So that's that. Like you said, it could be that his yeah. friend is so kind of off base on that, you know, because. 
we we are understanding their understanding, not necessarily understanding the truth that God would understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, and a, and another. I don't know if we listed this down here or not, but when it uh, might be somewhere, but it's okay. When when um, Jesus is giving, when they ask him what's the greatest commandment, he says the first one, and he quotes from. He's quoting from the Shema, which is in Deuteronomy. Right. But he says the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Ah. Yeah. So then that's another kind of like three that is words true. that you can pick that up. That is true. Yeah. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, there's also that. Just from Leviticus. There's also that love one, right? Where it says like, uh, uh, love, uh, what? No, no, no. It's, um, strength. Heart. It depends. Soul, it depends on which mind and strength. Yeah, it depends on which uh, ball you're talking about. Because because uh, does it add strength in a different one? Yeah. It, so yeah. It, it depends on it depends on which one you. But talk about. I think Mark and Matthew are the two main ones where but, they kind of differ on that. But heart could be uh, what's the word uh, 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 metaphorical. Uh, so for, per- proverbial. So the word heart is in the Greek. It's cardia, which means actually means your gut more so ah. than your heart. Well, so I think it's well it, it, I think the heart there in Matthew is a bit more of the physical. Well, I I, I thought that yeah. the that the uh Hebrew people would have said that the that the you know, the gut is kind the of the se- the seat of the emotions. Yeah, it's the but, emotional. But, 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 yeah, whereas right. today in more English it's more it's more uh contextual to translate as the heart. That's because, why they render it heart instead of right. Yes. Love the Lord and your God with all, all your, your guts. Bo- yes, with, with all with all your bowels. You yeah, know, <laughs> yes, but, yes. But, yeah. and so so when you look and say, say the Lord just moved me today. I mean, it brings on a whole different meaning. <laughs> <laughs> but your point is well made, Zach. In that, even in that context, he is splitting people up into three like aspects, really. Absolutely. Um, and and like Zach said about the Trinity, which I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Yeah. I, I wanted to kind of maybe come back to that at some point. I don't want to keep getting off track, but it's fun because we are not as basic as three aspects, but. What our what God created us in the beginning was, I believe, three aspects, or at least the byproduct of three aspects. But we are relational, we are emotional. Sure, we have um, a, a, a doubting mind. We have a sinful heart. Uh, there are so many things about us. But um, one of the things that Zach touched on about um, the Trinity, and that is that uh, uh, you know that that is reserved for God, but we when described in the scripture do have three aspects, but those three aspects also make us, us just our singular being. So if the heart, the head and the soul make you, you, if, if it takes yeah. all three of those. So like, imagine Adam was just flesh and, and life. He would just wander around and bump his head into trees. I would assume, yeah. you know, cause he's functioning, but he has no reason, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Adam, <laughs> Adam, <laughs> don't eat from the tree. <laughs> it's like, if you keep running into it, eventually you'll knock down a piece of the fruit. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah let, so, okay. Let me, I want to extend this idea because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of different parts that, that make up a human being. That's right. Um, do you think that in church, do you think we are doing a good job balancing out engaging a whole person? Or do you think that we are like over um, engaging like one aspect 
and ignoring others. I think you're very right about that. Yeah. You get kind of where I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah, so, I, I, and, yeah. and, and, so, and where, where you're leading the question, I think it's, it's head on that, I, that we're not doing a good job. I, I, and I think it really depends on which church you're part of in many ways. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think you tend to lean towards one or the other. Yeah. You tend to lean very much towards the heart or you tend yeah. to lean very much towards the mind. Well, there's another aspect, but too. The body is very the body, important. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, too. The exercise. Like you could go yeah. hike with somebody and have a conversation and have lunch like maybe, yeah. and then talk about uh, your faith, but also uh, improve your health yeah. or something. Colin, are you suggesting having a relationship <laughs> with people and having it, yeah. it's a form of discipleship? But Zach was touching on the fact that there are three wow. aspects to a person. Generally, you've got yeah. the you've got the Protestant church. I think most of them you could probably say that a lot of what they do is aimed at the head. Like if you think about a worship Very service, theologically, about sound. half of your worship service is going to be listening to your pastor, like preach and like talk and okay. teach you. Okay. Um, and then a lot of the side things that you're going to do at church are going to probably be um, your, your small group. Oh, oh, gotcha. like things outside of Sunday morning. So your small group is probably going to be like going through a book and like learning again. So like that's True. all aimed at the head. That's like one type of church that is very, very common. But, 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 but I think but the you music, up, the music really kind of think battles with the heart, a with little the heart. Bit. Yeah, we yes. do the, the you're poetry right. and, and, and you're right. The emotional side of things. We do, we do touch on the heart. And I think that you also see churches that get very into the emotional kind of thing where you kind of see the preaching, like being more based on emotion and mm-hmm. you don't like that's right. Dig into the scripture a lot. But I don't know any churches that engage the body very well. Yeah, I know. Me either. And the other thing is, and, and we you might forget you about might, it. You might use your hands and feet and do some missions at your church. And I think sure. that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when you like you hardly ever see like um, exercise, exercise, spiritual. Class. There are Christian gyms yeah. out there, yeah, which, are, which are I mean, probably yeah. great. I mean, I would is, say is, the, is it CrossFit basically faith based gyms? I would say probably the the best way to find a fusion, and this would be probably annoying for certain people, would be to go on a hike that ends <laughs> in a picnic and a Bible study at the top of a mountain. <laughs> so, so, so you got the exercise, you've got the food. Yeah. And you got the relation. Well, no, I'm Rel- saying if you do a Bible study at the top, you are f- focusing your mind. Feeding your mind. But yeah. also being in God's creation yeah. and being thankful at the top of a mountain will allow you to the have the spiritual yeah. yes. spiritual uh, and, and, and the, the exercise and the food yeah. definitely addresses the body. And it's not just boom. It's not just your exercise. <laughs> Take either. a hike. Yeah. Take a hike. <laughs> yes. So so so, so but there's so, also your behavior, right? Interesting. Okay. How do you behave when you're just like out shopping or just like working at your job and stuff that's like that's true. all kind of physical components too. We're getting into uh like a existential thing. And we like, might not let let you know our spiritual life kind of invade that. That's true. What what I'm time. hearing is that we yeah. need to start hike church. Hike church. Yes. Honestly, Zach used to t- take us on little like tours around EKU when we were at the BCM with, as a worship team and I thought that was always fun. Prayer um, walk. Yeah. Uh at, at Northridge, we used to do uh, garden projects and stuff yeah. for uh, 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 Mayfield Elementary. Engage with your hands. So, and yeah. or we would go and show up at somebody's house that was an elder of our church, and we'd mow their yard and things like yeah. that. I think that it's, I think that it's important. I think that you're absolutely right, Zach. I think that a lot of times the the mind is the main focus, but yeah. we 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 tend to. It's not. all uh, it's all tied together. So yeah. um so getting us back here real quick, I'm just going to jump through a few scriptures just really quick that focus on each aspect of body, spirit, or soul, and get your guys' feedback. So Job 10, 8 says, Your hands fashioned and made me, and now you have destroyed me altogether. Remember <laughs> that you have made me like clay, and will you return me to the dust? Question mark. 
Did you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? Mm. You clothed <laughs> me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and sinew. You have granted me life and steadfast love and your care has preserved my spirit. So I wanted to say that the first part of that is basically all about the body. But then the very, very last one, 12, he says, you've granted me life, the breath, steadfast love, and your care has preserved my spirit. So there you go, the three. So then next one about the body, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom have you, whom you have from God? Question mark. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. Yeah. Which absolutely. again is absolutely. a very important thing that Zach just brought up, which is that we often do not glorify God with our body. Well, well, well as, as part of worship, we talk about glorifying God with our body. And, and they, a lot of people do. Yes. There uh, are, there um, are very healthy people in church. Th- th- there I'm are not one of them, but, it, 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 but it's not just health. It's, you know, it's kind yeah. of everything you do with yeah. your body. That's true. Yeah. There are things that physically we, I don't want to get into gross stuff. We've, we have physical urges and stuff that we, as uh, people who believe in God need to repulse them. And there's a lot of physical things that our physical body wants that we know is not good. So mm-hmm. that is another way that we can yeah. glorify God with our body by not indulging, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I'm still working on. I'm kind of a sure. Or using your body to serve other people. That's right. Your hands and feet involved. And So yeah. uh, there is a lot of scriptures about the body. I was, those were just two yeah. pertinent ones. Uh, next, we'll talk about the breath in this the breath slash spirit as it kind of comes through uh, translated. Job 33, so there's a lot of Job stuff because he kind of breaks things down. So Job 33, 4 yeah, says, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. So distinguishing once again between spirit yeah. and breath. So the spirit of God has made me. So the spirit of God has made me, but the breath of the almighty gives me life. I think these are very specifically written because I think Job, and I think the reason why God puts is allowing Job to be the one is because he knows that Job will, will kind of have, man, Job is a hard uh, book, but I think that, it is. It I is. think that Job has such a spiritual, like awakening. Yes. Yeah. At the yeah. end of it, that it's yeah. just crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Ezekiel. And, and, and it's also important to remember that Job is, all, is typically thought of by our theologians as being the oldest of all the texts that we actually have. And, right. and and so thus this would have it, it's a very that, early story. Yes, and so thus and, has, has greatly yeah. influences the people of God in the foundations of our faith. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Ezekiel thirty seven, starting at verse five, says, "Thus says the Lord to these bones: Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live." And you shall know that I am the Lord. So uh, we have acknowledged now that the breath of God gives life, life. to yeah. dead, uh, lifeless stuff. Yep. Yes. Dirt, bones, whatever. Um, he even talks to, in Genesis about how when he gave life to the animals, he breathed life into them as well. Yeah. You got to imagine what was it like a, mm-hmm. like a river rock and he like breathed into it and it became like a fish, you know, uh, or, or whatever it could have been. And so then if we go down and we try and distinguish a little bit about the soul slash spirit idea. Um, you have to go to the New Testament. We for do. It too. We do technically yeah. have to because of the way that the people's understanding of that. And the language. And the language. Yeah. But I think that Jesus acknowledges what a soul is 
in a few scripture. In Matthew 10, 28, says, And I do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And so he... An interesting one. So he yeah. is making... Well, th- th- this is yes. kind of taken out of context. I'm trying not to get us derailed, but um, he is making a distinction between soul and body. Absolutely. And the idea of the soul in this context is the eternal after death soul. Yeah. As as opposed to the breath of life, which will be taken from God when you die because taken by God when you die. That's what I'm saying. You you, you said said from, from, I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 Taken by God. Thank you. From when you die, it is taking from us by God. Um, and, uh, he will take his breath back. So if you have a physical body that turns to dust, which it will, and if you have the breath taken out of you, there is still a you. Absolutely. That's the distinction that uh, that Matthew, that scripture is making because if you kill the body and the breath is no longer within you, the soul will still live unless you are in hell, <laughs> then you will both <laughs> be destroyed. And then in John 6, 63, uh, starting verse 63, it says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The word that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So a clear distinction between what a spirit is and what life is. Hmm. And so when we understand the idea that breath is life, but spirit is something else, and they will interchangeably say soul and spirit. That's why it's confusing. But I think that whenever this is being discussed, especially by Jesus, he makes a clear distinction between the two. And it's important to understand that because... In the bi, uh, bipartite, bipartite uh, argument, those things are the same. But I would argue that Jesus, if you listen to Jesus, he never really ever muddies the water on that. He's very, very clear. There's a lot of other scriptures where he does do that, but um, where, he, where he distinguishes. But um, So, okay, yeah. So then I have a small note here about just the idea that um, where God is a trinity and we kind of have a, a threefold aspect um, there is some cool relational stuff there. And again, uh, we, we don't need to go into that yeah. too much. Um, but that's a fun thing to think about. And there are there are books written about this idea, whether or not they are fully pushed to the envelope of saying that we are a trinity. Um, or I, 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 I would argue that might be a slightly dangerous yeah, it is. approach. Yeah, to, to take. it is. But I think all the po- only point I was trying to make, the step yeah. I was taking was that uh, in God's image means that God may... Uh, give us uh, similar aspects to himself. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, and and I, and I think that's a, that's appropriate. It just we got to be careful that some of those authors might take it to that far, this extreme. I agree, which could be very theologically dangerous. So, Zach, yeah. we are trying to unite Earth and Heaven, aren't we? That's uh, to take it back to the very beginning. Well, oh, yeah. so what so so we are we are arguably a body of dust slash flesh that has been pumped into with breath life and yep. potentially our existence also contains a, an eternal, potentially eternal spiritual spirit. Yeah. So Zach, what does that mean for the rest of time? What, what happens? Okay. That? So we are one way. Now we see a world that is, uh, we see it imperfectly. We see Absolutely. a world that is, uh, that is messed up. Um, Paul, says somewhere that it's like we're looking through um a glass darkly yeah um, so it's like we have this a scanner skewed, darkly we have this skewed vision yes yes <laughs> we see everything animated and like yeah. cell shaded animation right. um and so 
what we look at is we look at the goal of scripture as it, as it goes forward. That's right. Um, Jesus enables this new kingdom to come. And eventually the end result of that is that the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth are going to be united once again. Right. Yeah. That's what you see in revelation. So when we are in the new heavens and the new earth, this new joint venture thing, right. Um, after we've been raised from the dead, we are going to have a different sort of body that our soul is united with. That's exactly right. But it will still be our body. Yes. But it will be different. And so if you want to see kind of what that's like, you want to see like what a glorified, we call them glorified bodies. Right. You can look at how Jesus was after Mm -hmm. his resurrection because his body takes on kind of a different sort of form, even though it's still his physical body. So I want to read, um, I want to go back to Philippians 2 because it kind of gives us a nice overview. Um, But Philippians 2, starting in verse 6, it's talking about Jesus. It says, Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Yep. Now the result of that, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the important thing here to see is that... um, Jesus was able to be exalted as king right after he was resurrected and um, he ascends to heaven. Right. If you look at the end of Luke, it talks about how he um, ascends to the right hand of the father. So he's been prepared now, even though he's still got like, if you think about it, it's kind of crazy. He's still got his physical body. So like, where is it? Sure. I don't know. Where is Jesus physical body right now? But he um, he's able to be present everywhere, yet have that physical body, and he's able to ascend and be right at the Father's yes. side. And and, yeah. and to make a further point that this wasn't necessarily the same body he started with, um, we have a, we we have a recording where he walks to the city yeah. of Emmaus with some of the disciples, and he's talking with them about it. This, this walk, he joins them in during this walk, and he's like, "Hey, what's been going on? Like, haven't you heard about this guy Jesus?" And they they're talking with him about what's been going on. They're conversing with him and not realizing yeah. that this is the same man that they sat under and, w- and walked with and yeah. taught with uh, and understood for so they three didn't even years. Him. They didn't even yeah. recognize him. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yet, and yet at the end of it, they recognized, yeah. wait a minute, that was Christ. It's the and same so, so, body, so, so but it w- it's been transformed. Yes. Almost to where it's, unrecognizable to them yes at that point yeah and, and, and yet we have other accounts where like he appears before thomas and he's like hey see the hands you know there, there's there's still holes where i've been where i was crucified where the nails were in see right. my feet the, the my side so there was a transformation and yet still remnants of the same he still has the scars yes. even though he has a body that is perfect like it bears the scars and the marks from what had happened before. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 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 so we have this same yet different and without having any actual imagery, obviously it, it's, it's hard to know yeah. what that really was, but we definitely have this view of the same yet different. 
Um, yeah. I, that's funny you guys mentioned that. I actually had a different scripture revolving around Jesus in in, in that way. Um, I actually, uh, I'll, I'll admit this, I actually didn't think, based on the scripture I've read of that, that I never assumed that uh, that Jesus looked really all that different. It was just that they were in disbelief or something. But um, it makes sense now that, that you're saying it the way that we you're don't know it. for sure which it is, and sure. it probably is a bit of both. Yeah, sure, sure. Sure. yeah, 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 yeah. But um, the the one scripture that can, comes to mind for me, in in accordance with your point earlier yeah. about how we will be uh, transformed, is the Transfiguration scripture in Matthew yeah. seventeen. Absolutely, uh, where it Absolutely. just says, uh, starting verse one, it says, "After six days, Jesus took." Uh, with him, Peter, John, James, and the brother of James, and led them up to the mountain. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And what's interesting is that later in Revelation, when they talk about um, having like white clothes yeah. adorned with gold and things like that, that's kind of what I thought. Maybe he was mm. giving a glimpse of like a glorified that's interesting. look. Yeah. But now... Also, Moses and Elijah are there and they are shiny too. Mm -hmm. And it made me think to myself, like maybe Elijah and Moses in that moment were being shown in their glorified state as well. Yeah. But I can't, but again, that's just a speculation. Uh, But the idea that the white robe that's like really bright and that he looks so like beautiful and stuff kind of makes me think that that might be a glimpse into what a glorified person would look like, but I don't know for sure. Sorry. Just adding that in for flavor. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Zach. So, uh, transformed slash glorified bodies. What is yes? What what is the uh, takeaway on that? Okay. So, uh, do you want to go through these scriptures or? I mean, we, I know we're yeah. running out of time a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, but I do want to just just yeah. if we go over, we go over because yeah. this is important. I think it is. So go ahead, Zach. What do you want to do? Okay. So there's a couple things that are important about um, about the transformed, glorified body. Um, Paul talks about it in first Corinthians. He says, um, starting in, uh, chapter 15, verse 35, 15. Yeah. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? And with what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. What you sow is not the body that it has to be. Um, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body, for not all flesh is the same. But there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. And there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. That's very interesting. The two types Mm -hmm. of bodies, whether that's for heaven or for earth, are... uh, kind of of a different nature well i mean yeah. yeah jesus does ascend in the body he's in right yeah yes and, and, and the resurrected body yes so i mean y- your guys point about that makes sense now the more i'm thinking about it the more it makes sense to me yeah <laughs> that you're correct about that. he also says what is sown is perishable and what is raised is imperishable it is a sown natural body it is raised a spiritual body if there's a natural body there's also a spiritual body so I guess what it kind of seems like he's getting at is that we have this body on earth and it kind of like raises up like in, in earthly terms, it's, it's, uh, you kind of grow up and develop or whatever. And then from that comes a heavenly body that is ready for the heaven earth union that we already saw takes place. 
So it says in verse 47, the first man was from the earth, a man of dust, talking about Adam. Uh, the second man is from heaven, Jesus, who's from heaven and came down. Right. As was the man, and like sometimes this I think is translated as the first Adam and That's the right. second Adam. That's right. We, 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 so it contrasts. I've things. heard that yeah. before, but yeah. sure, mm-hmm. sure. As was the man of the dust, so also are those who are dust, and as is the man of heaven, so are those who are made of heaven. Just as we have been born the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man in heaven. So that is the mm. the point yeah. that we have come to is that we will take on an aspect of that of a very high spiritual nature like that of the man in heaven. Yeah. And so we're not just talking about human flesh or spiritual nature because yeah. Jesus was both. Um, and I, I suppose now we're kind of getting to that point where we would be both. Yeah. Heaven and earth uniting as heaven and earth united. So we have a body that suits that environment. And and didn't we talk about this a few episodes, maybe uh, back when we were talking about revelation and stuff, we talked about how you said that people wanted the body to just waste away so they could go off and float away. with That's what, that's what has become kind of the mainstream theology was that, um, yeah, this body doesn't matter. Like whatever, just toss it aside. And if Jesus's body didn't matter, he could have just come back as a ghost and talked to them. Right. But he didn't, but he didn't, he came back with his body, but it had changed nature in some way and he was able to ascend. And so now he's in heaven. Presumably Jesus would be in heaven still maybe embodied, I guess is what I'm kind of trying to scars on his hands, with scars (laughs) on his hands. And it talks about that, like, in revelation in very figurative terms, sure. but it says, Oh, I saw, you know, the lamb who had oh, been yeah. slain standing next to the throne of God. Right. So absolutely. Like he still kind of bears those scars. Mm-hmm. If you go down, I'm going to skip down to Luke 24. We can read the other ones. That's too, fine. Though. That's fine. Um, in Luke 24, he is talking to his disciples and he says to them, why are you troubled? Why do you doubts raise in your minds? Look at my hands and feet. It is I myself. Touch me. Touch and me. See. <laughs> a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. So he has flesh and bones. He still has an actual body. Um, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. Um, so he still kind of has those scars. We talked about yep. this. Yep. Um, what I think is interesting is in Revelation 22, 2, um, it talks about how in the city of Jerusalem, there will be a tree with leaves that are for the healing of the nations. Yeah. And so we see in the new heaven and the new earth, there's this like medicinal tree that treats like our wounds. So it's like we enter heaven in our glorified bodies, but we still like have these like scars from like things that have happened in our lives, but there are trees that like heal us you know, I'm which, worried that we're going to, yeah. which, which is an interesting <laughs> that idea crazy to think about. No, no, no. That, that is crazy <laughs> to think about, especially in this, uh, this more eternal permanent state. I'm worried that we're going to look like we, we're going to look like one of those comical zombies <laughs> from a movie. Like, uh, we're going to look like the, uh, dead friend from, um, uh, uh, American werewolf in London, just getting like more and more. Oh, corroded. Oh, gosh. But then we go to like yeah. the, uh, tree and we just go back to being like pretty good looking yeah. <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Um, it says also they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. So 
Um, thank God our glorified bodies are still going to eat. I know. Right? <laughs> um, I, have a, I have a friend who, just, who once has told me that he isn't passionate about food. And I said, are you human? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, Zach, the, it seems as though the scriptures are pretty clear about the idea that your body, your original body that God gave you is uniquely important. Yeah. And, and, then, it, and it comes to heaven with you. It, at the very end, at least. And, and Paul yeah. reiterates that, too, by saying that everybody has a different kind of flesh. Yeah. But all of those fleshes are our flesh. Absolutely. And so God gives you this. I mean, like, would it be controversial to say that though that God made Adam from the dust of the ground, that specific dust was like Adam and it's therefore yeah. really important, yeah. even though it was just random dust from the ground. Um, yeah. So like way later. Uh, that same dust needs to like come back and be made into. It might be like that. I like, mean, I've yeah. thought about that for people who have been cremated. Right. You know? Like, will you? Like, it's, sure. weird, it's weird to think about that, yeah. but why couldn't God gather the dust together? I think there's scriptures that even kind of um, give light to that idea. Absolutely. Right. Um, no, 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 and it makes perfect yeah. sense. I mean, otherwise, I mean, you get into this weird theology like. Well, if if I'm ever cremated, then God can't raise me properly. And there are people who maybe think that. Yes, which then gives a, a, a more weird theology. What happens to those who are burned at the stake, or <laughs> or or, or, or yeah. even less, more accidental in the sense of yeah. what happens to someone who's caught in a house fire? So this is the this you is know, if God if God can raise you with a new with your body, but transformed and. Like, let's say someone died of cancer, they're going to come back and they're going to have a cancer free version of their body. Absolutely. They're going to have their body back, but restored the, the way that sin and death has not touched it. So, yeah. so a reiteration of that exact point basically is Philippians uh, 3, yeah, uh, 20, which says, but our citizenship is in heaven. Yeah. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and in verse 21, it says, who will transform our lowly body to be yep. like his glorious, but his glorious body yeah. mm -hmm. by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So we, we will be so much closer to the aspect of Jesus at the, in the, in the end times. We'll have the same kind of glorified body yeah. that he had after he was um, resurrected. And so that's, yeah. that's interesting in and of itself. And then first John three, Verses two and three says, beloved, we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him Yep, because we shall see him as he is, yeah. which is even more interesting because you're like, <laughs> wait, what will you look like then? And uh -huh. everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he, he is, is pure. pure. And so what's funny about that is it even grips credence to the idea that we will recognize Christ. Like I've had this worry because of modern stuff that we will, that Jesus will be walking down the road and we just won't know who he is. Like, it'll just be, yeah. so, he'll be like, I'm Jesus. And I'll be like, yeah, right. You're, you know, you're uh -huh. some weird guy. You're uh -huh. some, you're some guy with curly hair and a beard, you know? But, but what I'm, what I'm getting to is that I believe now based on these scriptures, after doing some research that we definitely will know that he is who he is because mm -hmm. of, he will look like this glorified floating vestige in the air. And, yeah. I mean, it'll be yeah. very, very obvious. So, and of course 
Yeah. At that time, I guess it'll also be like hell on earth in a way. So yeah. seeing a, a beautiful sight like Jesus would be like a godsend at that point, right? Yes. But but I, I do I do believe Jesus he, has a has the ability to give us the sight to see him for yes. understanding. Yes. Yeah. yes, that makes um, sense too. And he probably will still have some of that curly hair and a sexy maybe. beard. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean it could be. Um, Kara's grandmother said that um, her husband had passed away years ago, and she says that she worries that uh, when she gets to heaven, that there'll be just so many people around, she won't be able to find him. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think that I think you'll be able to tell exactly where anybody is at any yeah. point. Like you're going to have like a glorified body. Uh, right. So you're going to like <laughs> not, not limited to the, yeah. three, the to the three dimensional realm see, that we you probably uh, see around corners and stuff. So, <laughs> some people argue that we, there will be like no marriage because of certain scriptures. But I would like to think that God is OK with you just like being in love with your wife in heaven still. But. We don't know. Um, well, we have yeah. no idea what it is. Yeah, I mean, it It says that people will not be given in marriage in heaven. Right. Um, but also their their understanding of marriage was somewhat different, I would say, right. than the relational aspects. I think that relationships, even just at the core of, like, I love you as two believers who are both in Christ, I think that's going to carry on. Yeah, we oh, are yeah. we are created yeah. with a, a relational heart, which yeah. is yeah. very very true. Yeah, yeah, all throughout the scripture, but specifically when we were first created and then given companionship. Yeah, I mean that's God has basically set the groundwork for it. Yeah. So so thus our companionship together, the three of us will continue on, ju- just as this podcast, even in heaven. So we could probably <laughs> start this podcast back up when we all get there. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So you're like, hey God, listen, listen. Okay, I understand. I understand your point <laughs> that the world's messed up, but we did manage to save three microphones and a small switchboard. It doesn't work great. So if you just have yeah. a power outlet and a power strip and maybe a monitor, God's <laughs> like, what are you? It's like, dude, the House Lens Podcast. You know about that, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, cool. Great episode. Um, yeah, it was awesome. This has been neat. This has been uh, really, really intriguing. Uh, I, I I was I had what's the word trepidation maybe is the right word I was hesitant at first when Zach brought up the idea that we should do a humans one and I was like well humans are the only thing that's not a spiritual being but their aspect going on into the end times is a spiritual being everything is spiritual in some way it is yeah. very well especially if it comes from God because God yep. himself is the uh, the yep. breather of life but also the spiritual uh, giver gives you uh, you know which is what we've read before that God's spirit versus the world's spirit is a very distinctive thing. Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you so much for listening. I, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, and, 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 and let us know what you all think. Do you disagree with us? Do you uh, do you agree with us? Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on the matter? Let us know. Yeah, if you're all on my team, which is Team Body Trinity, uh, <laughs> vote one now. Type it, uh, text on your phone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lines will be open for another two hours. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, uh, you, can, you guys can check in with us next week. I have a feeling that we're kind of approaching the end of this series or at least putting a, a pin in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, check in with us next week. We will probably be taking a slight detour, if I had to guess. Uh, we uh, we have a few other fun episodes that we've been holding back on doing. Absolutely. Uh, we may do one about animals, which would be fun. Yeah. We may do some stuff about different worldviews. Uh, but please check in with us. We're going to kind of take a powwow. We're going to get into out. all that, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. But uh, thanks Thank for you all so much for listening. Woo! We'll see you next time. See you guys. Peace.
Russe.